to 20 years of Spidey on the big screen presented by Movies That Make Us. We are Movies That Make Us. This has been an Age of Geek media production. And my podcast actually covers Hallmark movies, so that's fun. Uh, but I also love animation. Spider-Verse is one of my faves, so... So those the Hallmark movies yeah. could also work as cleanser films after yeah. a horror movie, right? That's that pretty much work. their go-to. Yeah. <laughs> I love how diverse Hallmark movies are. Yes. So if you don't listen, we go off on tangents every now and then. We'll try to keep it focused, though, because we have a lot to cover today. We are talking about Spider-Man, which came out 20 years ago Man. this year. Unreal. It is unbelievable that Tobey Maguire shows up on the big screen 20 years ago. We're going to go through each of the series. Um, so you've got Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, and then Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then the Tom Holland movies. And we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly with all of them. And then we're going to talk about End of the Spider-Verse and just talk about the good. Yeah, there's no bad there. <laughs> so let's talk about... First of all, we're all big Spider-Man fans on the show. We've talked about that before. We love the films. Um, what does Spider-Man being on the big screen, being in the movie theaters, what does that mean? Like, pop culture-wise, what's been the impact, do you think? I mean, it's you. I think for me, I'll start right off. Um, for me, when I was younger, and a lot of you probably feel the same way as one of the first you know, cartoons that I watched involved Spider-Man, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you're waking up Saturday morning and you're watching Spider-Man and you're watching, you know, X-Men and you're watching all of things. These things happen before your parents tell you they're out of bed, they're hiding, they're there, but you're eating cereal and you're watching Spider-Man. And Spider-Man and Scooby-Doo are the only comic books that I owned up until like four years ago. So with Spider-Man, I feel like he was, he's a kid. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a kid, right? Not anymore, but I'm still going to pretend. At heart. And so for me to see the transition go from that kid aspect of the comic book, the animation, to the big screen, and to see somebody that I felt like I connected with growing up, that was a big deal to me because all the other superheroes, they feel bigger than life. But for Spidey, he really makes you feel like, and his character really makes you feel like anyone can be a superhero. Yeah. Anybody. Um, and, and that's what I love about the movies, but mostly, and I'll talk about this when we get into Into the Spider-Verse, that's a, a huge theme in that, and, and I just love that goodness. Well, I think that a lot of people forget how rough it was to be from a movie <laughs> fan in the 90s. I, mean, was, I didn't forget. It was rough. There wasn't very many good ones, uh, if any. And so really, between Batman 89 and the first Spider-Man movie, uh, you didn't have much to yeah. hang your hat on. Um, so when this one came out, and it was so well done, and, uh, and Green Goblin was such a menacing villain, and Toby Bar was so charming, it was just so refreshing and exciting. Yeah, and I love that when you deal with Spider-Man, what Spider-Man deals with is common, everyday things. He's got a job that he has to do with delivering pizzas or taking photos. He's got school to deal with. He's got all these things that he's trying to take care of on top of being a superhero, which makes him really relatable. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that that's one of the big, big draws, right? Batman is a billionaire. Right. His life is totally different 
than my, I mean, a little different. Just, just yeah. yeah. And like, and I can't even comprehend that, but like, I do comprehend and, and understand like having to balance everything. And even as a kid, mm -hmm. having to balance school mm -hmm. and everything else that's going on. And, and Rachel, you brought up a good point. Like, superhero movies before this, really the only decent one I remember was X Men before this, uh, between yeah. Batman 89 and then and Spider Man coming out. And this really showed that you could make a good, decent superhero movie. And you didn't have to settle for the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I put that in a black hole, and there you just pulled it right back. Out. That's black what hole. I do. Yeah, and and I think the casting was really phenomenal because, yeah. you know, how many of you like you were in junior high, high school, and you're big nerds, and you wanted to tell people how much you loved superheroes and Star Wars and all that stuff, but like you couldn't and it, it was awkward. It wasn't appropriate. Um, <laughs> and then you get this movie and you get someone like Tobey Maguire um, cast as Spider-Man and you get this great ensemble cast. Um, I mean, one of the best villain casting. Yep. So good that they had to bring him back to one of the best superhero movies I think was ever made and we'll get there at some point. Um, but I just thought it made it, it kind of valid inside. We were all just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> the cool guy that hangs out with Leonardo DiCaprio is Spider-Man, <laughs> suck it. And I just thought that was so cool, right? Um, there's no way that the um, junior high, high school me that played along with, you know, like dance team, kind of thing that secretly loved Spider-Man thought that I'd have a hand tattoo of Spider-Man at 43 <laughs> and I'm telling everybody that like it or whatever like I don't even care at this point um, so I just think like that casting I don't know if they knew what a big deal it was I think they I were just think thinking so. about dollars but for me was it a big deal to you to see somebody like Tobey Maguire get cast as Spider-Man, anybody? You're so quiet. You're so quiet and well-behaved. Um, or, I mean, am I totally off? But I thought it was a huge win for nerds, so. I think that, that lended it to that mainstream credibility, right? Because mm -hmm. they, yeah. this wasn't just a out-of-nowhere actor or we're going to take a risk on this. It was, we're putting studio money behind this. We are right. planning on... You got Kirsten Dunst, hit. man. You got Kirsten she Dunst. She was huge at the time. Uh, yeah. Willem Dafoe. I mean, uh, it was a really, really good cast. J.K. Simmons, who is like the epitome <laughs> of J. Jonah Jameson. I don't... I mean, I feel bad for the guy. <laughs> I, don't know that, I don't know that's someone you want to be the epitome of. Like, I don't... <laughs> But he, but you were born really to play this role. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So I, I agree. I think the casting was huge, um, and then the budget was huge, and you get a good director like Sam Raimi, oh, and kind of sure. give him the ability to go out there and make the movie the way he, well, mostly the way he mostly. wants. Mostly, yeah. yeah. There weren't a lot of zombies in it. <laughs> he had skeletons. There were skeletons in the yeah, first. He, he gives you a little Raimi flavor, yeah. but it's not. It's a little flavor sprinkle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then you bring it, in, and the music was amazing. You had Danny Elfman doing the music. I mean, at that time, if you wanted a good superhero score, and even today, if you want a good superhero score, Danny Elfman's your, your guy. <laughs> so, he's my favorite. He's a weirdo. And Green's album was I pretty scary, I think, for yeah. the time. I think in general, very just menacing. very mm -hmm. menacing. Absolutely. So this came out while I was um, gone for two years to Germany uh, on a church mission. And I 
if you don't know when you go, you can't watch movies, right? right. So it, when I got home was when I got to watch this on a DVD, on the small screen, and I was just like, part of it was I hadn't seen anything like this mm -hmm. for two years, but Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin was frightening for me, <laughs> like probably more than he should have been, but he did a really, really good job, and not just in the scenes where he's in the suit, but just the acting that he does yeah. with the two different characters and the, you know, the kind of two personalities that are in there. He does a really, really great job. Can we talk about Franco for a minute? Because Franco mm -hmm. is in, you know, this series. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, like the first movie, I thought he was a little flat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they didn't give him, do you, I don't know if it was the script or whatever. I just felt like it wasn't enough for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm the only one that thought that his character just needed more the first two movies. Well, he, he kind of was just there for a purpose, like to be the foil. Like, he right. was just there to be Spider-Man's foil, right? Or Peter Parker's foil. Right, but mm -hmm. we, but when we get into the Tom Holland series and his friends, mm -hmm. I feel like they have more purpose and something yeah, better. And I, I feel agree. like mm -hmm. Franco's character, and maybe him, I don't know if it was both, I think it's a combination. that combination of the two was I, just not enough for I me. I actually think one of the, we'll talk about the third one, but I think that his character arc in the third one is the third the one's best, the best. Is, is one of We're the best We're just going to skip parts. a second. <laughs> skip one of the best. I, but I, I think that his character does grow and, and that whole forgiveness arc between yeah. Peter and um, yeah. is one of the, the best parts. But I feel like we almost for that, for needing that, is because that we get a little bit of venom in there, mm -hmm. which kind of pushes his character to show up. I feel like the first two movies, his character really is, is just kind of... I don't know, lipstick. It's kind of there. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah. I don't know, it's pretty. He's, he's, but... a, he's a device more than a character. Like, he's just there to drive the story a little bit, but yeah. not necessarily develop the character. I agree. I think that's a good assessment for he James Franco. He's a friend and Harry. <laughs> yeah. So, the second Spider Man movie, mm -hmm. we are not going to skip. <laughs> it probably is the best in that first trilogy. Um, and it, you and your rules. <laughs> Okay, we'll skip the second. Just go straight to the third. So, what's that? Second movie. Yes. it's so good. Yes. I, do you want to come up to the microphone? We can. We can really <laughs> if you have that. something yeah. that you want everybody to hear, if not, if you're just yelling at yeah. me. So, I, I love Doc Ock. Let's mm -hmm. talk about his that performance, that character. Like, it started going into this. A lot of times in these superhero movies, and especially during this time, the bad guys were bad, right. and the good guys were good. And Doc Ock was very, he had a lot more layers, a lot more, I felt like he kind of introduced that a little bit more of that gray area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that his belief in um, Peter, and you can see his genuine wonderment in what, you know, is there, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that creation... You know, you see a lot of the villains in these three movies specifically, you know, they all are trying to create the better something, right? They're all trying to I improve upon something. Um, and they all see something in Peter, but I think for Doc Ock, he specifically, I think, wants to hear what Peter has to say and, and kind of work alongside together. And you see that again, you know, when we get to No Way Home. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I, I, I really think that this character is the most probably endearing villain. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Until yeah. we get to No Way Home, and then we have all the feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I was actually on my mission when this one came out. Uh, and so it had been hyped up big time by the mm-hmm. time I got home. So I didn't get home until 2005. And, uh, and so rarely do hyped up films live up to hype. And this one totally did, I think. And the fact that we get, uh, you know, the first movie we have great power equals great responsibility. And in in this one, he really has to grapple with that. Right. And in a way that that was, I thought, very refreshing. Yeah, and this is one where Raimi took everything that was really good in one and took it up another notch up to two. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, this still stands as one of the best superhero films ever made. I mean, the amount of work that they did just doing the, the Doc Ock arms. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you have computer animators manipulating it. They had guys puppeteering all those arms, and, they're, and they don't look fake even today. They look menacing. They look like they have a personality to them. Yeah. It is a film that still really holds up well, uh, even today. And that makes me feel sad. I don't feel like it's an old movie, but I guess it is coming up to 20 years old. So. Um, and then, and I remember seeing Spider-Man 2 and thinking, man, they can just keep making these Spider-Man movies forever, as long as they're as good as this one. I bet Spider-Man 3 is going to be awesome. <laughs> Spoilers, <Oops>. it wasn't. <laughs> It wanted to be. It had it, it yeah, had, had moments, moments where I kept hoping because I've seen it however many times I've seen it, and then watching it to get ready for this panel a couple of days ago, I, I'm still watching it, thinking it's going to be better this time. Yeah. Um, and it's not, but I feel like it's not its fault. I don't know. The, the, like I want to make it. This is a perfect example of studio interference. Mm-hmm. And bad casting. And bad casting. But yeah. Sam Raimi had no interest in introducing Venom. It's not a character he likes. He's an old school Spider-Man guy. He did not want to do it. And the studio forced it on him. And that there's a hybrid to this movie. It just kind of clashes with itself. Is every Venom movie forced upon everyone? <laughs> Like, I don't want to make it, and they're like, you have to. You must do this. Yeah, yeah. which I can't wait till they do that in the MCU. It'll be awesome. Um, it, it does seem like the Venom stories in the Spider-Man universe may be a little bit like the Dark Phoenix stories for the X-Men movies that just don't seem to quite work out. Why? Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> Stop you bringing don't know, it up. Val hates it's the Dark Phoenix, and she just freaks out every time. Yeah. Oh, Somewhere in there, Spider-Man 3, there is a good movie. I just, I can't find it, Val. I'm with you. Every time it I watch it. It wants to be good. I think that core theme of forgiveness is strong in the movie. It's mm-hmm. the emotion that Peter goes through, but it is a messy film. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Well, and I, think, I feel like it was rushed, too, because if I remember correctly, Sony, before Disney kind of got the rights back, Sony had to produce a Spider-Man film within a certain amount of time, or they would lose the rights. So I think that this was rushed to get into production. Raimi didn't want to do the character, had to. So I think that's what caused a lot of the issues. So we've learned don't make Raimi do things that Raimi doesn't want to do. <laughs> because when he does things he wants to do, we They're can, great. We I, think, I think overall that's a good general, like, you shouldn't make people do things that they don't want to do. Yeah, why hire the filmmaker if you're not going to trust 
Yeah. Well, and he, mm-hmm. he'd earned, it's not like he hadn't earned right, that trust. Right, mm-hmm. right. He'd done two really great movies and, and then. Critically acclaimed and huge at the box office. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, Spider Man 2 is a masterpiece and then. I just, I don't want to say that Topher Grace is not a good actor, but Topher Grace is not a good actor. (laughs) Having him play someone like Venom, because who's an actual fan of comic book Venom? Like, Venom is a a really cool, intricate character um, that I just think has not been like, we haven't seen what Venom really is on the big screen yet. We've almost gotten there a few times, but to have someone like Topher Grace, and I understand like, that sometimes actors get put in a specific genre and they want to kind of get out. And Topher yeah. Grace at the time was really big in the movies that he was in. And he's not horrible, but he's not Venom. Right. And sometimes we see people get cast as things and we're like, I don't know about that. And then they blow us away. This Heath is Ledger not is that time. Heath Ledger is Joker. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of people were just like, that's not going to work out. And it's we've got, we've one of the best things the that ever happened. Oh, yeah. Nodding pretty heavily. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing. One person. Um, <laughs> but I honestly. This is a big deal for Tracy when someone agrees with this hot take. It's true. So. Um, but I mean, let's say we put someone in. And not that the storyline... I also think that the storyline for this character in this movie was pretty weak as well. Right. Um, When you're going to put Carnage on the screen with Spider-Man, you really need to make it... That's the story. And I feel like it was kind of like one of those things like, well, we need something kind of edgy. So let's put it in there for five minutes. It was like... It was a throwaway, and so was the actor cast as it. If you're going to introduce the symbiote the way that they did, you almost have to do it over two different movies. One where he gets the symbiote costume and then another because it, it was like two or three movies jammed into uh-huh. one movie you had the Sandman or the Sadman story and you had the the Venom story and everything else I, I just feel like it was all it's too much rushed in yeah and I like Sandman and I thought it was really cool what they were trying to do mm-hmm. but again like you said it was like too many parties in one house yep yeah which sounds fun it's not ever but not in the execution <laughs> So I think that's where we can say that's where the series got ugly with mm-hmm. Spider-Man 3, right? And Sony, you alluded to this, that they had to have a Spider-Man movie out within so many years or else they lose the rights. This is, you know, Marvel's starting to come up with Iron Man. Things like that are starting to happen. They don't want to lose those rights. So that's where we get a reboot. It, like, I mean, it was a matter of a couple of years. It was. It was a very quick turnaround. And they're like, you know... Out with Tobey Maguire, in with Andrew Garfield, and this Spider-Man wasn't just going to be great or cool. He was going to be amazing. <laughs> what, are, what are our thoughts You're on You're such Andrew? a nerd. I love you so much. I love you so much. You know, I, I, I this is one time when someone says you're such a nerd that I feel like I'm amongst friends. Yeah, I, that's I, what we all are. Like I like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man a lot. I like him more as in the No Way Home. I feel like he has grown tremendously as an actor since he was originally cast. But the thing that I loved about him is he is such a fan of that character. Like, when he got cast as that, he was doing backflips, basically. You know, just super excited about it. He, he was just a fanboy, um, kind of drawn out of the unknown. Like, nobody really knew who he was. And there was a lot of criticism about him. And I think he did a good job, but I loved what he did later because I think he's a better actor now. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think the cast of um, Amazing Spider-Man was actually a really good cast of mm-hmm. people. Um, I think it was a really messy 
story. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks that. I don't know. Um, but I do like... So the one cool thing about Spider-Man is Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is awkward. Mm-hmm. This is an awkward kid. And he's going through, you know, puberty and trying to figure himself out. And then he be, hey, get, he gets these superheroes. And what I really thought was endearing about Andrew Garfield's reboot on as you get, you know, these these things is that he is so he is that awkwardness. Yeah. He really embodies the awkwardness of this character that I remember reading in the comic books um, so well to the point where sometimes I don't believe him when he's not awkward. I think sometimes it goes a little far this way um, that sometimes I can't go far enough that way with it. But I do think that he he embodied that that part of Peter so well. See, I don't know if I agree, actually. I felt like he was kind of smug as Peter. I, I felt like he... Maybe it's just because he's so good looking and he's so so charismatic <laughs> that he didn't to me he didn't pull off that awkwardness. Like to, to me Toby was was more of the nerd kind of Spider-Man than Andrew Garfield, where it was like, he can't be a nerd, he looks so handsome. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> but so uh, <laughs> um, but I think Lizard was a strange choice. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's more where I on this yeah. one. It's, it was an odd So I, I've always, Rachel, I, I think I agree with you. I've always kind of thought Andrew Garfield was a really good Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire was a really good Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> is kind of where I put it. Because I like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man because he was really quick with the one-liners and the witty jokes and the remarks. And that's what I remember from the comics. The Spider-Man doesn't just, like, fight his bad guys. Right. He, like, gives them a tongue-lashing and, like, <laughs> jokes around with them. And, like, that's entertaining and I like that. And, I, and we got a, a lot more of that, I felt like, with Andrew Garfield. I did think when they cast him, my first thought was, how is his hair going to fit under the mask? <laughs> I, I don't think, know. That is modern science and technology. I feel like we need a behind-the-scenes of just seeing them cram all that hair under there. Yeah. I do, however, when I was watching it again um, yesterday, um, he does look the most like Peter from Into the Spider-Verse with his yeah. messy hair and his mm-hmm. glasses. I, I had to put those oh, yeah. side by side. Mm-hmm. But so the way I break down the Spider-Mans, and I might get some hate mail for this. They'll tell you where to send it later. Um, <laughs> but so Andrew Garfield is, um, he's more of the everyday man Peter for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you get into Tobey Maguire, he is the Kylo Ren of Peter Parker's. They both cry and complain as much as the other person. It doesn't mean... It doesn't mean... You ticked off Spider-Man fans and Star Wars fans. Listen, though. I love love them both. It's what I do. If you're new to the show, take that stinger. But you agree with me. It's like Thanos. You're like, I don't want to like it. But she's right. In the first Spider-Man where he's got his shirt off and his pants don't come up to here. So he can't be Kylo. I'm not talking about pants, man. I'm talking about crying and complaining and the whiny faces. I love all of it. I love Kylo. I love Toby. But you have to admit, if you were if you were to say who's best friends, probably those guys because they act exactly like each other. But I love them both. Weird place inside your head. I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way. That is You're like, welcome. You're welcome. Hey, hey, yeah, now I have to really You're welcome. Like, dwell on it. Yeah. Should we talk we'll about the chemistry between Emma Stone and? Yes. yes. And I think we should. Yes. Yeah. 
It was so good. I mean, Emma Stone, man. I just... I, I liked her Gwen Stacy more than I like Kirsten Dunst. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jane. yeah. I think she's a more interesting character, and she's a better actress yeah. um, in that regard. But yeah, that was perfect casting. That was spot on. Yep. Um, now, spoilers, and I'm going to ask this to you. <clears throat> when she dies... <laughs> okay, first of all, you guys need to know we barely have any kind of spoiler buffer ever. I love it though, they went along with it. They know me, they know what I want, and they gave me the. <gasps> it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, second, so we're moving on to the second. Well, no, I just want to. So, in the first one, we get this, they're both kind of that back and forth with each other. You know, which I love so much, where you get kind of the awkward from both of them, but like you said, like the cocky part of him mm -hmm. earlier that you mentioned, you kind of get that awkward, but he's trying to cover it up with like, I mean, not right now. I don't want to go hang out like right now, now, but like later. And she's like, yeah, later. Like you can imagine this happening. They both just had this like back and forth that was so great that when everybody wanted that relationship to go on forever, right? Right. And then so a lot of people argued and a lot of complaints were that they killed her off too soon in the second because we wanted a third, right? Uh -huh. Where I thought it was necessary. We wanted a third where Benham shows up. <laughs> I, I, I figured we would talk about both in tandem because they yeah, kind of go back and forth yeah. with each other. I really do like that awkwardness. It, it, that, you know, hey, do you want to hang out? You know, not now. Maybe it reminds me of when I was dating my wife and the first time I told her, I love you. And she kind of like didn't know how to take it. I said, I mean, I love hanging out with you. <laughs> it was a super smooth recovery, guys. It was awesome. Hold <laughs> But it worked out in the end. We got there. It was an awesome. Well, and I love in the writing how they make her smarter than him, right? Mm -hmm. So when he yeah. shows up, right? He shows up because he wants to go do something else, but he finds out, you know, I need to sneak into this place. And, and she introduces him as the second, you know, best in class. And he's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, I'm sure. Because she's, she's number one. She's smarter. She's got the better grades. She's there, and he's not even not supposed to be in the building. I thought it was really, really cool for the time to make yeah. her, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, the one to, that's in charge of that situation. Um, she's got brains. She's smart. She's powerful. Um, and I, at the time, they didn't need to do that in that movie to make a female character right. that way, and they did it, and I really appreciate it still. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, that's probably the best part of those two movies is the romance. Mm -hmm. It's the rom-com girl. I enjoy that. Uh, Electro, I struggle. Yeah. Struggle. Yeah. I think he I struggled. Think, I think James <laughs> struggled with Electro, to be honest. Yeah. Well, the, the director was an odd choice for the director. I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he did, like, 50 First Dates. Or... Say it again. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And so that's a name that was born to direct Spider-Man. <laughs> but he was like this rom-com guy, and so it yeah. was weird that they cast him for Spider-Man. Which explains why the romance part was that so good. That would be yeah. why that worked. And yeah. why Electro was so not. <laughs> I do love in Spider-Man No Way Home, though, when Electro and Sandman are talking about how they got their powers and, like, 
Yeah, we fall into a lot of stuff. <laughs> anyway, we're not there yet. I'm sorry, no. I didn't say anything. You were giving me a look. I thought it was a look, like we're not there no, yet. No, I just jumped right into that movie and I just left you. I wasn't even right. I wasn't like even here. You mentioned No Way Home and you were It's in. back in theaters and I'm going to go see it on tomorrow. So. We're going to go right now after this panel. If you guys want to join us, we're going to go see No Way Home. I think the score and the visual effects in Amazing 2 are underrated. They yes. Look yeah. So cool, and it, it's a very unique Hans Zimmer score. I mean Hans Zimmer for sure. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man Two. I was excited when it came out that they were going to do Electro. We hadn't seen Electro. I was excited when they did Lizard. Um, whether I, I don't we know. Seen him before. Yeah, we hadn't he was seen him in a movie. Yeah. We'd seen Doc Connors, but not as Lizard. And so it was cool that they went to some. Because sometimes with these superhero movies, and I'm not going to name names, DC, you go to the same thing over and over again. Superman has fought a lot of guys not named Black Luthor and General Zod. Just saying. (laughs) But, like, I'm glad that we got some different villains, um, and they took some risks. But, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2 just didn't quite land it for me. So can we move on? Yeah, we can move on. (laughs) Unless someone else has something to say. I do. Yes. One question I've got, I wanted to agree with you guys at the very beginning. In No Way Home, plus the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, Willem Dafoe was amazing. Not only did you believe his character, but he played it so well that, at least for me, seeing it in the new movie, mm-hmm. I forgot how deranged he was from right. the first one, right. until he finally snapped, and you got reminded. You're like, that. oh, that's right. And the second part, I, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I kind of feel the same about Electro, but one thing that really got me amped up and hoped that there may have been a third was their introduction to Rhino at the very end. Oh, yeah. oh poor little yeah. Rhino. So I wanted I wanted it, man. So that's where my question falls in. With, with your guys' thoughts, do you think now would be a better time where he may be introduced like Vulture was mm-hmm. and others were? Did you were, see Multiverse of Madness? Well, yes. There's an Easter egg of Rhino in Multiverse of Madness. I missed that. I, don't know. that? I thought it was very. Sorry, No Way Home. Okay. I was gonna say there were like. Perfect. Sorry, No Way Home. Like there was a disappointment. Another of, strange like, was there. <laughs> I haven't slept in three days. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, Rhino was very clunky in in this too. Uh, it. Just, it was so but that's awesome. a character that could be really interesting yeah. and a lot of fun on the big screen. Yeah. So he, he was really clunky mm-hmm. at the end of that movie, and, and I think they could have done a lot with him if they introduced something more. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it was just kind of yeah shoved I, I in at the end. It was just it, it was just the the tail end of the movie where he got thrown yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, I definitely wanted to see more. And you guys, there are microphones, microphones too, so that yeah. we can all hear you for sure. Mm-hmm. Quick talk about the. If you didn't hear his question up front, I just want to point out the important part is to agree with us at the very <laughs> Go ahead with your question and then... Well, that's true. And then we'll jump into the MCU. One of the things that I really didn't like about the American Spider-Man movies is how they set up this whole thing where Peter was, like, destined to get bitten by that spider. Like, in the first one, they had this whole conspiracy. In the right. first one, they had to reveal that his father, like, made this whole thing where only people who had his DNA could get the powers, and that never really, like, sat right with me, because uh-huh. it kind of breaks the whole anyone can wear the mask thing yeah. that, like, movies like Spider-Verse do, and it feels really against the character. So, like, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. 
Yeah, I think they tried to push something really far this way, and then with the next few Spider-Man movies all the way through the MCU, they didn't. They never went back to that. Um, and, and along with in the Spider-Verse, and I think when you get to No Way Home, and they really. Um, tell you the difference between, you know, this Spider-Man actually has webbing coming out of him because he's got that DNA, and then the other two don't because they stepped away from that. Um, I think it was a good a good way to step away from that, because I agree yeah. with you. It, you know, the thing that I love, that I said earlier is that I love that anybody could wear the mask, anybody could be a superhero, and stepping away from having to have that DNA. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you can have webbing come out of you, but if you don't, you can still be these three different Spider-Mans. Exactly. <laughs> or a Spidey pig. It was an interesting thing. I, I think they were building to something that obviously they didn't get to fit, finish with his parents and how his dad was involved and all of that. That even in the comics, I don't know that they've gone there in that I kind of remember their details. Yeah. So I agree with you. I like... I like the moment in, and we're not there yet either, but we're going to... We're going to get there soon. So but I like the time. moment in Into the Spider-Verse when Peter Parker sees Miles Morales the first time. He's like, oh, you're like me. And like they can sense that that there is there is this feeling of the spider people are distinct, but it's not because of DNA or blood or anything like that, but because of... There's just something about being a spider person, whether, it, you know, the, the bite and the characteristics and everything like that. I think that's more of the anyone can wear the mask, anyone yeah. can be Spider-Man, and I like that message more, so I'm with you. Yeah, I also just kind of wanted to make one more comment. I don't know if this is a bit of a hot take, but in a specific image of Spider-Man 2, I've always found that the romance comes across a bit creepy and kind of stalkery with how it handles Peter. It's like he all follows it, and it's weird because they kind of make it like it's not scary anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I liked the relationship between the the two Emma Stone or between Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker. So I don't know that I've gotten the creepy vibes before. Maybe I need to go but, back and rewatch yeah. it. I'll go back and rewatch it. I'll watch Spider Man to see the Kylo Ren vibes, in, <laughs> and I'll go back and look for the creepy vibes in. But almost any romance, you can flip it and make it a horror movie really quick. That's true. Like any 80s love song. <laughs> I'll be watching you. The line between Lifetime and Hallmark movies is very <laughs> Thanks for your question. Do you want to come up and get um, movie passes on a poster? And I have yours as well. How much more enlightened and advanced in society do you think it would be if we got properly introduced to Bruce Campbell and Mysterio? <laughs> I would be so down with that. <laughs> I'm a huge Bruce Campbell fan, so anytime so, we can get him in there. So we're kind of pushing this direction to get into the Tom Holland Spider-Mans. I'm not a big fan of the Hall as Mysterio. I'm just, I'm just not. I would have Bruce Campbell as Mysterio would have been great. Yeah. And, and I love that you call him the Gyllenhaal now. I have done my job. Uh-huh. He is the Gyllenhaal yeah. on Movies of Vegas, just so you know, when he comes up. Um, let's jump in. We'll do your question in just a second. Let's jump into the MCU really quick. Can you hold on for just a sec? We're, we're, we're I want to make sure that we hit. In Civil War. Oh, on the roof. Yeah. On the roof. Yeah, I'm with you on Far From Home is my least favorite. I'm not a fan of that film. Um, I just, I wish that they would do actual Spider-Man villains in these MCU Spider-Man movies instead mm-hmm. of having Iron Man villains. I, I think it would make it so much more interesting and I just am so tired of the uh, St- Tony Stark was mean to me. Uh, yeah. Villain. Yep. And that's like every 
villain in the MCU, not named Thanos. <laughs> I think we're slowly starting to get away from that, but that was so. the case for a long time. Yeah, yeah and, and it's sad because Mysterio was a Spider-Man villain. We don't need right. a Tony Stark tie there. Yeah, my eyes rolled so hard when he went in his whole big reveal. Mm -hmm. Not for me. Yeah. I, I, out of the out of that series, that one's my least favorite. Yeah. yeah, Homecoming. I felt like who else just got like new life when Homecoming was in theater? Like the first time he said, "You can yeah. cheer, please cheer." Because we're definitely <laughs> not in school. But like, we got Homecoming Spider. Are you Homecoming Spider Man or are you Scarlet Spider? Awesome. Yeah. So I feel like um, as love much it. as I love the previous Spideys that we talked about, and I know some people just do not love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I don't get it because I feel like he was made to play this part. Where are these people? Um, <laughs> they're all over the internet. <laughs> don't go there. It's a dark place. Um, that is not a part of the internet. <laughs> um, but Tom Holland just brings this. He he brings what the other two actors, and I'm not putting them down. Remember, we right. love them. But what he brings to it is that childlike essence mm -hmm. of Spider-Man, um, that carefree, the jabs and jibbers and jibby jabs mm -hmm. that he, you know, says out. And just like the that energy, the, the jibbery jabbies, the all of it, he brings <laughs> all of it to the screen. And I just, I was so excited when I saw it. I had to watch it again right after. Um, he just, he brings everything to that character and... I don't know that they could have, because we do a show with our friend Craig Price where you recast it, and any time I would ever have to recast, I don't want to. You can't make me, um, because I think he was made for this part. But I think that Tom Holland's Spider-Man has been more effective in, in the Avengers movies than in his own movies, in my opinion. That's a, that's a fair statement. Yeah. Except for No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair statement. And I just want to ask, how good was Michael Keaton in Homecoming? Yeah. I mean, the Vulture is probably my favorite MCU villain. We need more Michael Keaton. Well, that's just a good rule. Just in general. Yeah, like, <laughs> he is such a good actor, and he's gotten better as he's gotten older, and some of the stuff that he's willing to take on, but still bring the heat like he does. Mm -hmm. I love it. I oh, when know. he figures out that Peter is Spider-Man. That moment, <laughs> I, I'm like, he's going to shoot him in the car. Right now. This will be the last Spider-Man movie. Um, Miles Morales, get ready. You're up. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this or if you've listened to our shows, um, but when they announced that Zendaya was going to be in this movie, um, I wasn't too excited because I'd watched a lot of Shake It Up. Because <laughs> I, I worked for Disney for eight years, and I had to promote that, and I had a daughter at that time, watched a lot of that, and I was like, I don't know about this. And then her first scene, I was like, I love everything that's happening right here with this. I am sorry. I am wrong. You knew what you were doing. I feel like her character um, opposite Peter Parker is probably one of the strongest I've seen in any of the movies for a female opposite him. Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned this with, with the Tobey Maguire movies. His friends in the Homecoming and Far From Home, the Home series... <laughs> um, are like they bring something to the table. Like They're not Ned, side characters. Ned you love just them. A, like I love Ned, and he's so helpful. He's the guy in the chair. Every good superhero needs a guy in the chair. Ned's like, awesome. He's his Alfred. 
Except he doesn't have to pay him to hang out with him. You don't know that. He pays him in Legos. <laughs> All right, let's go to a question right here and then we'll finish. Our... Hi, um, so I was going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. So, uh, Willem Dafoe, we were talking about him and how great he was at Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask about what you guys thought about the Green Goblin and Amazing Spider-Man 2. I, I totally forgot that there was a Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's what I thought about him. He was, I didn't forget. I knew he was in it. I just didn't think it was that good. You just blanked it. Again, I, the problem with Amazing Spider-Man 2 is I think they had an idea of a direction they wanted to go, and we don't really know how it would have played out. But we do know that it wasn't great in that movie. Yeah. So maybe it would have it, been It's better. so you hard when you have somebody this? like William Defoe or Willem Defoe, and then yeah. you cast this other guy in that role that is so not, even yeah. in the league, it's, yeah. Yeah. His hair doesn't look as good underwater. As but the fact that they brought him back in in uh, No Way Home, and the fact that you there was such a tie between those two characters, right? Between mm-hmm. Peter, between him, um, Willem Dafoe brought like five dimensions to that character in this last movie um, because you do have that as an audience member you know everything that he's done but then you also sympathize yeah, with yeah. everything that's going on and then when we almost have another bloody shield moment <laughs> 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 uh, at the end I mean it really is that you know that moment where he realizes where Peter realizes who he is with yeah. the help from the other Peters mm-hmm. um, yeah. and with the help from this character. It was just such, like, it gives me, I don't know, I just feel verklempt well, every time I think about when it. When he gets the chance to save, uh, to save. Oh, that was so great. Die, MJ. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really nice full circle. Yeah. Too. Well, yeah. Yes. yeah. And, and I think Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin in No Way Home, like, he does such, there's moments where I'm like, maybe, Maybe he is going to be good. Maybe they're going to fix him. And I know that's not going to happen, but he's doing such a great job that I'm like, maybe this might work out. No, it didn't. But like, it was that good a performance. We have a we have a Spider-Man question. I know what. Do you have a question? What's your favorite Spider-Man? What's my our favorite Spider-Man? Which Spider-Man is your favorite Spider-Man? My favorite is Miles Morales from Spider-Verse, and we should probably talk about that. Yeah, we, we should. Miles Morales is a good choice. That one's one of my favorite. I'm not going to give you movie tickets because I know you're not allowed to go, but you can have this cool toothbrush. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want a toothbrush, <laughs> stupid <laughs> lady. Worst Halloween ever. Worst Halloween ever. <laughs> I'm... This, this is my son that asked that question. Now, we've trained him well. He didn't take the toothbrush. I just he, he smiled and wasn't There's sure. There's a lot of uh, I don't know. My favorite Spider-Man. I think Tom Holland is probably my favorite that we've seen on the big screen. I like Miles Morales too, though. Yeah, I'd probably say Tom Holland, but then um, I feel like I relate relate to the Peter in Into the Spider-Verse more. The guy who's just kind of like falling apart but trying to keep it all together. Yeah, I identify with that Spider-Man the most, for sure. <laughs> I'm not choosing because I don't have to. Okay. Uh, what's your, okay, we'll go here and then we'll go down that line. Okay, go ahead. If you were in the Spider-Verse, would you be a good guy, a bad guy, and what would your main power be? Ooh. Mm. 
I'd be an innocent bystander, I'm pretty sure. Claiming <laughs> <laughs> power would be Did hopefully not getting crushed by whatever the fight is that's going on. <laughs> Um, villains have more fun. I, I would have taken. I, I'll go villain just because you they are so like not a villain. I know that's why all. it's fun to roleplay. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just because like they always get the best lines, they get cool costumes, they, yeah. you know, yeah. I'd be a good guy. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm in um, a panel tomorrow um, called Hip Hop and Comics, and they basically have made me like kind of pick my character, um, and I think I would probably be like a superhero helper. I'd be the guy in the chair mm. for the main guy, yeah. um, getting all the information so that they can do their job better. Yeah. I can see that. So we're gonna, we're gonna go down these questions here, but real quick, because we're running out of time. Into the Spider-Verse, amazing. I think it's the best Spider-Man movie. No Way Home is also amazing, but I think I like Into the Spider-Verse a little bit more. Anything we want to say? I, I remember they had like the first 30 minutes or something like that before Venom. Yeah. And that was the reason why I went to see Venom, and I think Just that's that. why people didn't like Venom. <laughs> I mean, that's a different panel. It, it was so dazzling. I just it, animation just absolutely blew me away, yeah. and the story had heart, and uh, it was just a game changer in animation. Mm -hmm. And from all accounts, the uh, the sequels are going to be as good, if not better. Like the yeah. in t the in word hype yeah. among Hollywood people is they've knocked it out of the park all over again. So yeah, yeah. I think the story story was amazing. Um, three days after I saw that movie, I went and got my only nerdy tattoo tattooed on me of Miles because I really think that he, what we saw in that movie um, was important to a lot of people to see that movie happen for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it was, it, it's just emotional. And I listen to that soundtrack every time I go to the gym. Well, and the, the Utah every film time. critics named it best picture for, <laughs> for them that year. All right. Yeah. Back. Yeah. White hoodie. I was just going to go back to the Spider-Man again. Um, I just, I, I have nothing wrong with Andrew Spider-Man. He did a fantastic job, like you said. No way. An amazing job. He did good. <laughs> I just feel like he got the bad writing part in his movies. Mm -hmm. And it's just because I feel like they didn't really try to change Spider-Man's story too much. Like I just mentioned earlier about the blood and mm -hmm. like, even the villain's backstory. Like they were trying to change too much. Yeah. So I like... Yeah, I feel like great like, as Spider-Man, but I start to got the bad part of the directing. They just try too hard to change the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, cause like with the main Spider-Man two, it felt rushed and like kind like Spider-Man three, because they were trying to been all these villains. So they they had a they had a big challenge with Amazing Spider-Man. You're right; they changed the story quite a bit, and and part of that was you're rebooting something that we saw just a couple of years yeah. before. So you've got to do something different and original. Or why do I want to go see the movie? Did they do it well? I don't know. And I think that's. I feel like the scripts weren't as good and the directing wasn't as good. All right, that, we, that we'll try different. to get through as many questions as we can in the next four minutes. If you're in line, we don't get to your question, and we still can have still, I'll stuff, still give you a give ticket. You so, yeah. let's go with you, sir. I'll be really fast, and I might be closer to a common question. One of my challenges I had with um, No Way Home actually goes back to the Rainy series and the Amazing series, where, hey, we saw Rhino kind of showing up. We saw Venom kind of showing up, right? right. And then we get to No Way Home, and he's like, so what cool guys have you guys fought? And we're like, oh, you've seen all of them. And that, that hurt because it meant that they closed Toby's story and Andrew's story where I, I wanted them to talk about, oh, I fought this red goo guy from space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, oh, 
I think a better choice would have been just to leave. I mean, they wanted to have that kind of fun conversation. Who are the cool people you fought? But there was no way to win that conversation at that point because if they said, well, I fought this red guy from space, then everybody would be like, I don't remember that in the original Spider-Man series. That didn't happen. And so they kind of wrote themselves into a corner. I well, think, I, I, I think Disney probably has plans for those yeah, I think so characters. Too. So, yeah. All right. Go ahead, sir. And we'll get to your question, Marin. She's my daughter, so I can make her wait a little bit. <laughs> I'm just wondering, what villain would you want to see in a new Spider-Man movie? Oh, we've talked. We've question. talked about this before. Mm -hmm. I, I, okay. Well, what have we no, said go. before? Huh? Yeah, I think Kingpin. Kingpin, man. Doom would be cool, yeah. Kingpin. Kingpin. I would love to see Kingpin in the Spider-Man universe. Yes. My son and I were arguing about this earlier, and he schooled me on it, because I said, is he more of a Daredevil or a Spider-Man villain? And he said, have you even ever seen an old Spider-Man cartoon, Dad? <laughs> so, have you? So, I have. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's plenty still out there that we haven't seen that would be great. All right, Mary, what's your question real fast? Um, what's your favorite Spider-Man actor? Spider-Man actor? So, if I don't say Tom Holland, I don't think Val will talk to me. You can like, you can like whoever you like. I think, I think best actor is Andrew Garfield. I think he's a much more talented actor. He's not much more, but he's a very talented actor. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed all of their portrayals of Spider-Man. So, sir in the back. Uh, so, first off, I just want to say, I was about four years old when the first Spider-Man movie came out, and so, it's a character that first introduced me mm -hmm. to superheroes in comics, and it's something that I, you know, through the ups and downs, I've enjoyed being able to see so much content for, but I wanted to go back on something that you are correct on, something that's important. <laughs> uh, but in the second movie, where you see Doc Ock, and you see this much more nuanced take of a comic book villain and how impactful that was to me to get that mm -hmm. at such an early age. And I love the through line and how that theme is continued on in No Way Home. And you see Spider-Man, Spider-Men, and all these villains that they fought. And this movie is not, okay, how do we defeat them? How do we punch them into the ground? But how do we save them? Yeah. And I think, you know, Spider-Man, is a much better person than I am because at the end of that movie, where you know he's bringing the glider down on Green Goblin, especially with what happened like mm -hmm. not too long ago in the movie with Matt May, there is a part of me that's like, yes, do it. Yeah. And yeah, then having you know Toby like swoop in that face, pull him like, back. No, like yeah. this is not who we are. We are yeah. something bigger and better than this. And. It's just a testament to the character of Spider-Man, because yes, anyone can wear the mask, but I don't know that anyone has that good of a just anyone has that good of a heart. Bingo. Agreed. Awesome. Well said. I think that's where we have to end, yeah, but I'm still, you pass. two come up and I'll still give you passes. We, I'm, we're happy to talk to you a and, little more outside. Then, we got to end, but this is a quick question. Yes, Hurry. quick question. If you had to choose a Spider-Man movie, what would it be? Yeah, to watch? watch it forever? <laughs> 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 if I had to watch it forever, it would be into the this has been an Age of Geek media production.